Welcome to Past Perspectives, the show where we dive into personal histories that shape our world. I'm Bailey, and today we're embarking on a journey back into time to a pivotal era in history. Our guest today is someone who lived through a period that many of us have only read about in history books. Her name is Orlando Korn, and her remarkable life story is intertwined with some of the most significant events of the 20th century. Born and raised in Italy, Orlando's early years unfolded under the shadow of Benito Mussolini. Her experiences during this time offer us a window into a world that was fraught with challenges and uncertainties, yet also filled with moments of resilience and strength. So today, Orlando joins us to share her incredible story, from her childhood memories under fascist rule to the daily realities of living in a war-torn country. Her first-hand account provides a unique and personal perspective on a time that changed the course of history. So sit back as we listen to the voice of history through the eyes of Orlando Korn, and discover the human experiences behind the events that we've only seen in black and white. This is a story of survival, hope, and the enduring spirit of a generation that witnessed the world in Japan. So Orlanda, thank you for joining us today. It's an honor to have you here. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. Can you tell us a bit about where you were born um, and what your family was like in the early years? Well, I was born in Trieste, which is uh, nord, northern Italy. It used to be Austria. And after the first war, Italy won. And uh, so they gave part of the region to Trieste, which used to be uh, Austria. And after the second war, that uh, they have to give some to Yugoslavia. So we are really a border town. Yeah. We are not considered a super Italian. We are a very big mixture of different country over the years because of, of the port that we have mm-hmm. and the shipping. So we really are a little bit of like a, uh, a mixture. I don't know what they call it. Yeah, a mixture. Yeah. Definitely. And um, how would you describe your childhood in the community? Well, I describe it very well until uh, I think when I was about eight and the war broke up with Germany. Uh, My mother had to go to work. And so I went to a boarding boarding school with the nun (laughs) for about four years. Uh And we... We moved from uh, the city into the country because of uh, the war and the bombs and that. And being young, everything was an adventure. I don't remember ever being scared. But after I was, uh, let's say, 14, 13 or something, I finally, when I did go back home and out of the boarding school, we still had a war going on, and uh, we couldn't go to the beach because they would. Actually, we have the English, English used to come and machine gun the beaches in the daytime. Oh, wow. The American used to come and bomb at night, but we were never really that bad, very little bit. And uh, in 1943, German took over the North Italy. And uh, 
So we went along with that, of course. And we were all, well, we were very happy with Mussolini because he put everybody to work. He had all in the summer. He sent all the kids to the colony, which would be like summer camp for the for the summer. He had a, a different, you know, you could buy the food and stuff cheaper for all the workers. And he was actually good for the people. And I don't care what anybody else said. <laughs> well, that's okay. That's the way I remember. And uh, so, and after, well, let's say the last 10 days or so, the war, it was a total chaos. Yeah. And uh, the partisan, the free fighter, or whatever you want to call it, they came from uh, the other, from uh, uh, this Serbia and all of those other countries. And uh, they took over for 10 days. And it was up there, I'm never going to forget. We had people shooting at each other. We had a curfew. We only could be out two hours and go to get something to eat or whatever, whatever we could find. And then we went for no water, no nothing for him, for weeks. Oh, wow. And it, it was not a picnic then, but as kids, we managed to keep it, keep a company, make up game and stuff like that. We actually love our country over there. And we fought for it. And we did have a demonstration, which they were not as peaceful. But at the end, we actually came together. I, I love this country. I came here when I was 21. Mm -hmm. And nobody hand me over anything. I couldn't speak a language, but I managed to find jobs, like inventory or this or that, that I could get away without talking. Mm -hmm. Everybody they come in this country, they can make it big if they want to, but they have to work and earn it. I'm really interested in the kind of food that was available. You said there oh, was a yeah. point time, and well, um, like, how did your family manage? Well, my mother worked for the; she was a housekeeping for the German. Mm -hmm. uh, well, you had to have a job. So we were taken over, and this is the way it was. Mm -hmm. And uh, she did so what she had to do. They were actually they were very good to her. They used to give them stuff to bring home. We never went hungry. Mm -hmm. We didn't have too much, but we have enough. Mm -hmm. And we did have a stamps, of course. Yeah. A lot of times I would go in the line for two hours. Oh wow! And then by the time we got to the place where we would, they had meat. They were all gone. Oh, so so meat was uh, very scarce. Oh yeah, very. Oh. And we actually, I am Catholic, and I was allowed. We were allowed to eat meat on Friday mm -hmm. if we could get it, but uh, we we didn't see very much of that. Yeah. And uh, another thing, I used to go with my brother into the country because the the farmer used to need to have salt and pepper because when they, you know, they was a season for the pig that they uh, 
they kind of killed them and made bacon or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, they needed salt and pepper. So we used to go and uh, we would take the salt and pepper and trade it for meat. Oh, wow. So you were bartering. Yeah. Yes. Wow. And uh, and then one year, this went on for a couple of years. One One time I got really sick and I couldn't go with him. And he went by himself, and we didn't hear from him for days. And after he somebody smuggled a note out, and he wrote to my mother that he was in jail. He got arrested because he didn't have the right paper. You see, the German, they started out with all the youth. When they turned 18, they had to go into the German youth army. Mm-hmm. And my brother did go for a couple of months, and he didn't like it, and he decided to come back home. But he didn't have the bright paper. So when I arrested him, they put him in jail. And by the time my mother found out, he was on his way to Germany. They sent everybody to Germany, and they told her that if they were sending him to work in a factory, instead he ended up in a concentration camp. Oh, my goodness. And their name was Dachau. And he was there only from, let's say, February. And the war ended in May. And by the time the war ended and they liberated whoever was still alive. And uh, by the way, we are not Jewish. But they they got the one, the other one, too. And... uh, so by the time he got home, they brought him home when they liberated the English liberated the camp and they drove him home. He was he couldn't even sit down. He was skeleton. We were lucky that he survived. And it was only a few months. Wow. Can you imagine people that was there? That's what I'm saying, like now, they have the nerve to say the Holocaust didn't happen. Yes, it happened. Oh, it happened even to the civilian. And you and not witnessed only to that. The Jew. Yeah, you witnessed that firsthand. And, uh, so we, appre- we should appreciate what a life we have and we mm-hmm. don't. Absolutely. It's too bad. But anyway, after that, he never did talk about it. Never, ever. Yeah. And so I don't even know what happened. Mm-hmm. And I don't even want to know. Mm-hmm. But... Uh, this when then we have all the chaos over there. And after they couldn't uh, deliberate it, what to do with my hometown, Trieste. So, because everybody was arguing they want a piece of it. Italy wanted a piece, somebody else wanted a piece. Uh, Tito, he was uh, the leader of the liberation. And he wanted it. He figured that he fought for it too. So they decide to make Trieste a neutral city for five years. So we had the English. They were running the the firemen. And then we had the American were in the police force. And we had a neutral city for five years. And after they decided finally 
they gave most of it to Tito, to Yugoslavia. And Tito, he, he got all of those little states over there you know, together, like United States, and he called it Yugoslavia. It was like Serbia, Czechoslovakia, uh, Slovenia, Albania, all of those, he put them all together on the one umbrella. Mm-hmm. So there we were. All of a sudden, the 5,000 firemen and 5,000 um, uh, from uh, the American police, they were all out of work. Oh, wow. So uh, Australia decided to open their border and allowed few thousand to immigrate over there legally. And we held my brother, he decided to go there too. That's when he got married there and he died there. But a lot of my friends, they got married before they moved there and they all moved to Australia. A lot of them stay there, they work very hard, they made their money and then they went back home. Gotcha. Because it's hard to leave when you are a certain age, you know. And so they all done very successful. A lot of stay in Australia, very happy. A lot of them went back. Yeah. But anyway, I'm me, I just yeah. got married. I came over to this country. Mm-hmm. And I'm very, it was difficult for me too. Because you go to a place, just picture yourself. You don't speak the language. Your food is totally different. Everything is different. And America was way ahead of us. We were a little bit behind. So we had to adjust and learn quick. And, uh, but it's been an adventure. I still I love America. <laughs> and I, I wish everybody else would too. How were you receiving news at the time about the war, about updates, things that were going on? Um, just curious on what kind of media you were consuming. Okay, in them days, we all went to the movie because it was only recreation. Mm-hmm. And being between film, between movie, at the end or before it started, they have the news. Oh, at the movies? At the movie. That's pretty cool. They had the news, what happened in the world, what's going on, what's what, because we weren't getting, you know, news otherwise. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, that's how we kept up with that. Okay, that's pretty cool. I didn't know that. <laughs> it's different, isn't it? Now, one last question. Is there anything you think is important for people to remember today um, about that period in history? Remember. You thank God for what you have, and let's live in peace. And quit always trying to make somebody else in something they're not. Mm-hmm. That's my idea. Yeah, have an open mind. Yes, yeah. right, exactly. Only God can judge you. It is between you and God. Mm-hmm. Whatever you decide to do, who am I to tell you what to do? Mm-hmm. I'm not. And if everybody would take that, just relax. Let people do their thing. It's not nobody ever appointed you a judge and jury. <laughs> That's good advice. <laughs> yeah. 
Okay, we want to wrap it up there. I think so, okay. unless you want some more. No. <laughs> Thank you so much. I really appreciate you. Yeah. Okay, I'll let you go. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> a big thank you to Orlando for sharing her incredible journey and insights with us. To our listeners, thank you for joining us on this journey back in time. We hope that her story has given you a deeper understanding of the complexities of history and the personal narratives that often remain untold. Join us next time on Past Perspectives as we continue to explore personal histories and the moments that have shaped our world. Until then, keep exploring and keep learning. This is Bailey signing off. Thank you for listening and we'll see you in the next episode of Past Perspectives.